From the Mass General Center for the Environment and Health, this is Healthcare SOS. This podcast series is devoted to addressing healthcare sustainability. The U.S. healthcare system contributes substantially to the nation's greenhouse gas emissions. The goal of Healthcare SOS is to share with you how Mass General Hospital is integrating environmental sustainability into its clinical, research, and educational activities. We hope that this will help you do the same or better at your healthcare institution. Welcome to Healthcare SOS, sharing on sustainability. I'm your host, Dr. Winnie Armand, one of the associate directors at the Mass General Center for the Environment and Health. Our episode today focuses on nurses and other health professionals. Our guest today is Dr. Patrice Nicholas, Doctor of Nursing Science, Teaching Professor, and Director of the Center for Climate Change, Climate Justice, and Health at the MGH Institute of Health Professions. We explore the role of educating nurses and other health professionals about climate change, and the role of nursing in educating patients and their families, mitigating the effects of climate change, research and scholarship, collaboration, and getting involved at the community level. I am so grateful for you, Dr. Nicholas, for taking the time to join us today for our episode on involving the nursing track as well as our allied health professionals. Our listeners will have access to your full bio from our website as well, but I would love it if you could just spend a few minutes sharing with us a little bit about your trajectory and your career track, because you've done so much and so many interesting things and how you found yourself uh, being really a leader in climate and health education. Thank you, Dr. Armand. I've been very fortunate to to be in the nursing profession. I remember when I was 17 and, and planning for college, my dad said, You'd be an excellent teacher or an excellent nurse. And fortunate for me, I became both. I attended Fitchburg State College, which is now Fitchburg State University. And they really had a premier nursing program in the state college system. And uh, after completing my baccalaureate degree, I began working at Mass General Hospital in the White Building and worked in rehabilitation and then on a, a, the East Surgical Service and became the nurse director there. Uh, during that time, I pursued a Master of Science degree in nursing from Boston University. And um, upon completion of that program, I began working on a thoracic surgical unit in the Baker building at MGH, which no longer exists. But of course, the the thoracic surgical service resides now in a a different building. And I started uh, a, a research intensive doctoral degree program at Boston University. It was really a very impressive program at the time. And they didn't confer the PhD degree, because at the time that I pursued that degree, the schools did not uh, see nursing as a fully formed uh, profession in academia. Of course, that's not the case any longer. There are many fine PhD programs in nursing, but it was a traditional four-year nursing education program. And then when I completed that, 
program and my dissertation, I began teaching at the MGH Institute of Health Professions. And as you know, Dr. Armand, the Institute is part of MGB. And it's the educational arm, and it is a health professions higher education program. It confers uh, master's degrees, doctoral degrees, and it also has a second degree ba uh, bachelor of science in nursing program. So uh, I've been teaching here since 1989, and um, I've, I also um, am a nurse practitioner by background, so I've taught at the baccalaureate level, the master's level, including in the nurse practitioner curricula. And also um, I teach in the doctor, uh, uh, the clinical doctoral program in nursing. And uh, while I was here at the Institute, I had the opportunity for my first sabbatical leave. And I was uh, invited to the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health for a postdoctoral fellowship and completed a Master of Public Health degree in, in international health. And um, I was also able to, uh, my, my research at the time was focused on HIV symptom management. And I subsequently had a Fulbright Senior Scholar Award at the University of KwaZulu-Natal in South Africa. And um, as many in the audience may know, uh, that area of South Africa is the epicenter of HIV infection. So I taught at the university and I worked at, uh, at two hospices and also at Valley Trust, which is um, in rural KwaZulu-Natal. We had uh, three research studies ongoing about HIV symptom management and adherence to medications. And upon completion of that Fulbright Award, I returned to the MGH Institute, and I was also um, serving part-time as Director of Global Health and Academic Partnerships at Brigham and Women's Hospital for the Department of Nursing and the Division of Global Health Equity. And um, so in 2015, uh, three colleagues and I co-authored a text called Global Health Nursing in the 21st Century. And um, it was around the time that the Lancet Countdown report on health and climate change, the 2015 report came out. And we, we started to think about the importance of climate change related health consequences. And we had a, the second chapter in our text was on uh, health consequences of climate change and the issues around environmental health. So that was really the launch of um, my professional interest in the intersection of health and climate change. And um, in 2017, we actually launched our own Center for Climate Change, Climate Justice and Health at the School of Nursing here at the MGH Institute. Although the Institute more broadly than just the School of Nursing is really proud of the Climate Change Center and the work that we do. The, um, we've, we've had several published manuscripts around climate change and health. And recently we were asked to develop the vision statement for the National League of, for Nursing around climate change and health. So we're, uh, Sue Ellen Brakey, my colleague here, um, Dr. Brakey and I are co-leading uh, the, the group of na um, national scholars that 
um, that will develop that vision statement for the National League for Nursing. Thank you, Dr. Nicholas. That's really impressive, the work that you've done. And just to clarify for our listeners, you mentioned that the um, Institute of Health Professions is a part of MGB, and that's the Mass General Brigham, which is really the um, umbrella organization for both the Mass General as well as Brigham and Women's, as well as other healthcare institutions. I want to make sure that um, that people knew what that acronym stood for. I, I, re- I think that this center that you have launched, the Center for Climate Change, Climate Justice, and Health, uh, within the School of Nursing is a first of its kind. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Can you tell me what the what your um, mission is and and how what you do is integrated into the nursing curriculum and nursing activities or even other health professions activities? Sure. So um, the um, mission, vision, and core values are really guided by climate justice and the belief that those who least contribute to climate change are those who disproportionately are affected by the negative health consequences of climate change. Uh, Our mission also focuses on uh, addressing climate change mitigation, adaptation, and resilience, which as many in the audience may know, are the key concepts that um, that are really important to addressing health the health of the world's people in our climate changing world. So mitigating uh, climate change concepts, um, consequences, excuse me, and um, teaching our patients, families and communities about adaptation to climate change and, and what's important about adaptation. And then resilience in the face of a changing climate are really critical to our mission. Our aims also include um, the importance of educating health professionals, those who are students, but also those who are practicing clinicians about climate change. Uh, Practice in in really engaging in clinical practice that informs patients about climate change and what types of impacts they should be aware of research and scholarship around climate change, and then service activities. For example, we've had several service activities in our local Charlestown community with the Harvard-Kent School, with Charlestown High School, and also with Charlestown Health Center. um, We also engage with other professional organizations. So for example, the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments is a very active, Um, U.S.-based organization, but they do global climate. Um, They engage in global climate action as well. And we were one of the first 10 schools to engage in the National Nursing Collaborative on Climate Change. So that's amazing. It's an incredible amount that you you are accomplishing. So it's a lot. And I'm just going to summarize again. So you're, you're really touching on so many different facets of healthcare. So educating patients and their families, mitigating uh, the effects of climate change, teaching clinicians how to change their clinical practice, fostering research and scholarship, and, um, and, and really getting into communities to try to affect some of these changes and collaborating with a lot of organizations, which is quite a, quite a lot to tackle. And I'm wondering how, um, if you have uh, words to somebody in another institution, another uh, setting, a hospital or um, 
uh, nursing school, and they wanted to launch something similar to what you have done. What kind of tools do they need and what, what kind of steps can, um, what steps do they need to take to do something similar at their institution? Yes. So, so one of the most important things is institutional support. And um, as you know well, Dr. Aman, we have the good fortune at the MGH Institute of Health Professions to be uh, partners specifically with Mass General Hospital Center for the Environment and Health. And uh, so to have that clinical link is so incredibly important and also to be interprofessional. So here at the Institute, we have colleagues in other programs, the Occupational um, Therapy Program, the um, Physician Assistant Program, the uh, Communication and Sciences Disorders Program, um, and others that are very committed to to curriculum integration around climate change and health. And we've had quite a bit of success because in our School of Nursing, the faculty have been very willing and engaged, and many of them sit on our steering committee for the Center for Climate Change, Climate Justice and Health, so that we, we can work on curriculum integration to assure that graduating health professionals are aware of the um, adverse health consequences. And um, in addition to that, I, I have an appointment in the center with you, Dr. Armand and Dr. Slutsman and Dr. Duhame and others, Dr. Pinsky. And I also uh, have the support of Dr. Debbie Burke, who is the senior vice president and chief nurse at Massachusetts General Hospital. And we're, we had our welcome booth in part, I, I was part of the welcome booth for the Center for the Environment and Health to educate uh, staff and patients and families around climate and health and different resources that are available. And we're also going to work on a toolkit and educational centers through the Blum Family Center. So we'll be recording uh, sessions for patients and families to view on health consequences of climate change. In July, we'll have a program on heat stress and heat-related illness. And they, they also have a particular interest in vector-borne diseases, specifically Lyme disease, because it's really so prevalent in the Northeast and, and a growing um, geographic area because of climate change. So I, I think one thing that, um you mentioned, which was key is to have support. So the multi-professional, interprofessional support and institutional support. And I realize now as, as you bring that up, um, I remembering how you're an amazing mentor and the time that I've known you, I've, I've seen you in just a short amount of time, um, mentor a lot of people in their projects, in their publications, in their career development. And so I would say if somebody's out there and they don't have yet the institutional support, um, probably finding a mentor to team up with. And I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about that. How do somebody who is maybe not as um, fortunate to be in a place that already has a built-in um, institutional program, any thoughts about finding that mentor or how important that is or words of advice? It, that, that's a great uh, question, Dr. Armand, and I do think that there is uh, there are um, there is a growing number 
of nurse scholars who are interested in climate change and health because it's such a looming public health challenge. And there are organizations such as the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments, Kara Cook and Katie Huffling lead that organization. And they likely would have um, members who may have advanced their careers in the realm of climate and health and potentially offer to mentor others as well. The, uh, it is interesting because um, I did see, I, I received something from the Planetary Health Alliance at Harvard today about the fact that they are having a conference in the fall at Harvard Medical School at the Martin Conference Center. And they also had a link to abstracts, published abstracts in Lan the Lancet Planetary Health. So people not only presented their work, but they were also um, having their abstracts published in that premier journal. So I think attending conferences, engaging in organizations that are actively um, engaged in climate policy and climate change policy and advocacy. I also would urge people to think about the Yale School of Public Health Certificate Program on Climate and Health. It's a, a three course sequence, six week courses. It's relatively um, inexpensive at approximately $2,000. The first course is climate science. The second course is, focuses on adaptation. And the third course is on climate change communication. And it teaches incredible skills around how to get the word out about climate change. It's a course not solely for health professionals, and it's a global course. We had students from all over the, the, the globe, and um, it's a wonderful course, and it's a wonderful way to set of courses, I should say, and a wonderful way to network. And they have an alumni, alumni association so that you continue to um, receive communications from them after you've, you've finished the, pro the program. Those are great ideas uh, you're, and some of these, uh, many of these are uh, uh, done virtually or asynchronous, asynchronously so um, one doesn't have to travel to the Northeast. And so I think you make a good point in that there are structured courses for education for people that don't have access within their institution, but there are also a number of organizations to allow networking, finding a mentor, and maybe finding people that are even regionally uh, close by that you may not realize. So I'm, I will be sure to have some of these um, resources that you've mentioned on our landing page for this episode on our website so people can refer to that. Terrific. And the other uh, place, of course, is Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health. They have the Sea um, Change, which is their Center for Climate, Health, and the Global Environment that Dr. Ari Bernstein leads. And they have a monthly um, newsletter called The Climate Optimist that I look forward to receiving every month. And um, the last monthly newsletter focused on hope and optimism in the face of a climate changing world. So I would urge uh, our listeners to also um, look at that. And the other program that I'll mention is led by Dr. Gora Basu, and it's a climate health organizing fellowship for um, to, to really grow the efforts of policy and advocacy by having um, those selected and 
they're in teams that they um, can, they have a, an advocacy um, leader who actually guides them in developing projects. So that's a terrific opportunity for mentorship as well. That's a great idea. And thanks for mentioning that, that I, um, I think that these are wonderful leads for our listeners. I wanted to shift gears, if that's okay with you, to talk about what kind of initiatives and role um, you have found on the clinical um, inpatient or um, the hospital activity level outside of the classroom and what role nurses and other health professional professions can have in terms of the day-to-day and operational level uh, uh, with patient contact and, and hospital operations? Yes. So it's, it, it is incredibly important for nurses, physicians, and all the health professions to have a, a comfort level with understanding health consequences of climate change. Uh, the, uh, for example, the emergency department, those in primary care centers, being comfortable understanding heat-related illnesses, and that those um, that vulnerable populations are particularly um, likely to experience, for example, heat-related illness, heat stress, and heat stroke. We had a paper, a recent paper, in the Journal of the American Association of Nurse Practitioners on occupational heat stress, and um, wrote about the importance of those in those who practice in emergency departments or primary care clinics, acute care clinics, et cetera, understanding the vulnerability. And we actually developed two case presentations. One was a migrant farm worker not covered by occupational safety and health administration regulations, OSHA regulations. And the second was a construction worker covered by OSHA regulations. And we detailed the um, the history data, the physical assessment data, the differential diagnoses and the management plans specific for each of those individuals who were experienced heat stress, uh, heat related illness. So I think that's one exemplar of the importance of clinicians across all world groups, really thinking carefully about that particular type of climate change related health problem. Uh, we at one point also uh, Martha Biebinger from um, WBUR and um, interviewed Dr. Mary Rice at Beth Israel um, Leahy and Dr. Gora Basu who practices at Cambridge Health Alliance and me and um, Dr. Rice spoke about uh, respiratory related diseases and the complexities uh, related to climate change for people with chronic respiratory problems. Uh, Dr. Basu spoke about um, a patient that he encountered who actually had a history of working um, of farm work and the patient experienced chronic renal failure because of lack of access to enough heat breaks and lack of access to enough water, which is a growing problem in the um, in the um, migrant farm work commute community and populations. So that's an example of where um, nurses really should be very cognizant about some of the um, incredible health, health challenges that that p- people they serve may face. 
I also uh, know you mentioned Debbie Burke earlier, who is uh, the senior vice president for patient care and chief nurse at Mass General Hospital. I, I know that she and you and some of the other nurses at Mass General have been talking about how to uh, improve, increase more food waste into the organic composting stream. I know that you mentor one of our colleagues, Barbara Belanger, who is a perioperative nurse who has worked very hard on um, implementing along with some other colleagues, including environmental services, recycling the blue wrap that is heavily used as a plastic in the OR. And so I, I just wanna highlight just really how nurses and other, um, and, and you've mentioned other uh, colleagues and other health professions are really can have so much role in many, every avenue within healthcare, the healthcare system, whether it be patient education, um, uh, education, education of staff, and actually even operational changes in the healthcare system. So I, I really yes. think it's wonderful that um, you work so um, much with other professions and are really leading the way for, I think, uh, nurses to have the, and, and as we, we know, nurses are really the trusted, number one trusted source and time and time again in the Gallup poll, really nurses are number one in terms of who people think um, are ethical and, and who people trust. Yes. And Barbara Belanger is such a great colleague in this work, as you noted, Dr. Armand. Barbara recently completed her clinical doctorate in nursing. And Debbie Burke, Dr. Debbie Burke, is very committed to this work as well. And what we've been fortunate to do from a nursing and patient care services uh, lens at Mass General Hospital is to focus on the health consequences of climate change and also the sustainability arm of the work, which Barbara has really led and significantly led around um, recycling and composting, increasing composting. The, um, these efforts, I think, are really important and, and can be uh, fully engaged in by people across all the health professions. I also would note that that um, we had nursing and physician and environmental services engagement with Ms. Latoya Brewster and also Dr. John Eisen and Christian Newwald. They did a sustainability audit in the Phillips House building at Massachusetts General Hospital, which it followed up on an emergency department um, waste audit, because as we know, healthcare is one of the leading contributors to our the climate change in the world in large measure due to energy, but also due to um, the, the materials that in the past have not been recycled. So I, I realize that you and I have talked about a lot of different names, a lot of departments, a lot of centers, and, and a lot of uh, related institutions um, whom we work for. And I hope that our listeners um, will will feel free to reach out to any of these. And, I, and as I mentioned, we'll make sure to have these resources available on the landing page. But really, I... I I wanted, and I, I think that we have just barely scratched the surface in recognizing at what an important role um, uh, both nursing and other health professions have, as well as clinicians, along with our administrative leaders. And that I hope that this may be a source of inspiration or just spark some ideas in our listeners how to engage 
um, and, or how to become more involved by seeking out the, the, the proper resources. So Dr. Nicholas, I want to make sure you have uh, time to wrap up with any last thoughts that we didn't address. Thank you, Dr. Armand. It's been a pleasure to join you and the audience. And every person who's in the health professions should become knowledgeable about the health consequences that can impact those, those that we serve. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthcare SOS. You can learn more about Healthcare SOS and today's guest at massgeneral.org slash healthcare SOS. Find more episodes on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate us, and share with your friends and colleagues. Healthcare SOS is a production of Massachusetts General Hospital Center for the Environment and Health in Boston, Massachusetts. Healthcare SOS was conceived by your host, Winnie Armand. Music beats are courtesy of Olivier Armand. <laughs>